Welcome. I'm excited to have you. You are listening to, right now, the most highly rated humorist show on mental health anywhere in the Potterverse. Pretty impressive, huh? Congratulations. If you were recommended to this show, thank the person who recommended it. They have done you a solid, as we used to say. <laughs> this episode is going to take you back to the future. One of my favorites. And even though in the last episode I blathered on in my depressed way about how I'll cover all the shows and episodes from the previous 133, I'll do that at some point. But listen, you're new. We've just gotten a huge onslaught of people listening, so I want to satisfy that new audience's desire while keeping the base that we have earned since 2019. So I don't want to talk too much about it. Here's what it is. What if in your pocket, probably on your phone, you could see everything it is you've ever wanted, that dream girl, dream guy, that dream house, car, career, family, adventure, Whatever the case is, what if you could see it on your phone in crystal clarity and it had a date on it? This is the date this will happen. And depending on what you did in your life that made you uncomfortable, that pushed you past your comfort zone, that picture would become clear. Coming in and out of focus. The further away you got, you have a night where you get really drunk and say a bunch of stupid things to a lot of people who matter, the image is dimmer, less clear but not gone. And then what if you're doing the things that you're afraid of, the things that you have to push through to get to the other side, that picture will become clearer. It is a true north. It is a GPS on you getting everything you've ever wanted in life, having every experience you could ever dream of. I jump into that subject today on another Brand new episode of award-winning podcast, of award-winning podcast, right? That's how we say it. Or, uh, <clears throat> award-winning podcast it is. The award-winning podcast, Psychotherapy, with your host, Gentleman. Thank you for listening. On July 3rd, 1985, a movie came out. And it was, let's say that I saw this film many years later because I'm 30. When this movie came out, I was at my grandparents' house. And my youngest uncle, who is only 12 years older than me, was a big movie buff. He was in a band. He was the cool dude, right? He was a marine biologist. He took me to his work where you could like hang out with seals, not the ones that are kissed by a rose on the grave. I, I never got that song right. The ones that arf arf seals, you know? So I'm at my grandparents' house, and there was something called the calendar section, which there probably is still. i uh not a big newspaper reader. Boomer. What? A newspaper? What's paper? My uncle had told me about this movie, and it had a car that was fast and had doors that went up. It was about time travel, rock and roll, and the underdog getting the girl. I mean, basically, all you needed was skateboarding, and it would be the perfect film. And it had skateboarding, and it had a dog named Einstein. The movie was Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd... 
And whoever played the character of Biff, the guy from Wilford, Wilfred? No, Wilford. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. Wilfred. Crispin Glover. I didn't know Crispin Glover wasn't in the sequels, but it shows you that when I saw it, I wasn't thinking that. Billy Zane. Billy Zane was one of the punk guys that was the gang of Biffs. Anyway, so Back to the Future came out. My uncle took me to see it. I think it was at Universal or the Odeon Theater. Now, again, I'm 30, so what's the Odeon? It was an incredible movie that stuck with me and probably had far more impact on the pop culture of my life than I could ever fully realize. Everyone liked this movie. The fact that it was a screenplay written about a guy who goes back in time and almost has sex with his mother did not seem to bother people, and that is a testament to how fine this film was. Imagine how good your movie has to be if a key component of it involves near incestual lovemaking with your mother from the past. That's how strong this film was. Jet, this is all well and good, but uh, why are you talking to us about the motion picture, Back to the Future? Marty McFly, what a great name. Marty McFly and Luke Skywalker. Skywalker and McFly, both about traveling through the sky. Interesting. Jet, that explanation did nothing for any of us. We haven't heard from you for a while, and now you're talking nonsense. Well, I guess that would be consistent with the previous incarnation of the show, so bear with me. I had a epiphany, which is amazing because it's similar to when Dr. Emmett Brown fell off the toilet when he was hanging a picture and bumped his head and drew this, the object that makes time travel possible, the flux capacitor. So I didn't bump my head and come up with the idea of time travel like Dr. Emmett Brown, but this is what I thought. I was talking to a client of mine because she's trying to get to a place in her life where she can achieve the things she's always wanted to do. However, even to tell me that this is a, and I'm not divulging anything, don't worry. This person has a difficult time even coming to terms with admitting that they have a desire. Is that something you can relate to? Do you have something in your life that you have wanted for a long time or wanted recently, but with extreme urgency, passion, and desire, and the not executing or even attempting to execute on this dream, for lack of a better word, brings you a toxic feeling in your solar plexus. When I was working at a corporate job and I went to the movies, I felt literally nauseous. And I'm using literally correctly. I felt like I want to throw up because there was the thing I was born to do. And I left the theater and knew that the next day I would be going to a job that had nothing to do with that. And that pain in my solar plexus, that emotional drain, I almost felt it now, even though it's been 13 years since I've had a job that you would consider a square job, you know, a uh, day job. It's been a long time, but this is one of the first times I've remembered to feel what that felt like. But that is really why I left to pursue what I've been pursuing and what I've acted on and what I've had success in over the last couple of years to a degree I haven't before. Like I said, in the last episode, my movie was screened in a movie theater in uh, L.A. And uh, my wife and I and my friends got to see my movie that I was in, that I directed, that I wrote. So I got to do that thing that I always wanted to do back in my days where I was in a corporate world. So my question is, do you have that feeling? Do you close your eyes and go, I wish I could have kids. I wish I could live in that town. I wish I could take that trip. It's feeling like you're on the wrong track. 
and track is important it's not like you're on the wrong road a road with a car you can turn around and go the other way or if you're walking on that road you can turn around and go the other way a track you know when you think of it visually like a train you can't make a u-turn so you feel that you are being propelled forward in this life that is not the one you're supposed to lead so in the case of my client she even has a hard time admitting that she wants the thing she wants an example of a good friend of mine who has been trying to leave the job they've had for 22 years that's how long they've had the job but a number of times they've decided i'm leaving and they say i'm going to get my resume together and in a couple of cases, this person had one foot out the door. They changed positions so they could leave their job. And they kept saying, I'm getting my resume put together. How many people do you think could put that on their gravestone? I'll audition tomorrow. I'll write the book next week, when I have time. And am I guilty of this in a million different ways? Of course. However, the things that I'm guilty of in this world are not the things that are the most important. So making films and writing, I do that. And I'm pursuing it. Do I believe that I could pursue it more strongly, do more of it, push past my comfort zone? Absolutely. Do I attempt to do that daily? Yes. Do I always have success? No. Are there days where I just feel too weak to do the things that I should? Yes, but they are days. <laughs> They're not decades. So my client, she is in this horrible position, and you're wondering, what the hell did he start with Back to the Future for? What a rambling idiot. Here it comes. She has such a hard time even admitting that she wants to do this thing to herself because, and you can relate to this, when you think about the thing you've always wanted to do that you've never done, it just keeps getting dirt piled on top of it and on top of it, and then that light that it was originally, the glow is faint. But it occupies more space because now you have this giant dirt hill over that glowing orb of desire, and that feels like a black mass in your chest. And eventually it manifests into diseases, migraines sciatica back to the future and i don't have access to internet right now because i'm recording this on my phone with a new microphone device and my computer's off and i just don't want to turn it on <laughs> so i don't but in the movie marty mcfly when he goes back in time can tell whether or not he's encountering the grandfather paradox which everyone knows who's thought about the einstein rosen bridge or time travel and that paradox is if you go back in time and kill your grandfather, do you cease to exist? My favorite line, by the way, from a movie, um, not a movie, a book, a novel called 11-22-63. And the character in this one asks, when he's talking about time travel, he says, well, what would happen if I went back and killed my grandfather? And the guy says, well, why the hell would you do that? Which is a great question for uh, that paradox. But here's the paradox. If you go back in time and kill your grandfather, do you cease to exist? So how would you have ever even invented a time machine? How would you have gotten back in the past? Well, the way they explore this in Back to the Future is Marty McFly has a photograph of his family with him. And when he is setting the future of his life and his family's life, this fractal pattern, you know, trees have fractals. One event creates a million different events that go out. So one thing turns into this cascade you know, one thing you do has giant effects, not just on you, but everyone else. So since Marty is in the past, he's trying to reshape his future. And a part of that is, because he's not even born, is reshaping his parents' future by going to their past in the 50s. And so when he is doing this correctly, the image is clear, the picture that he had. And there will be alterations to the picture depending on how he 
shapes his future from the past. What's really cool and an amazing cinematic device in screenwriting is that when he is messing up, when he fails to hit these apex moments, these hinge moments in his trajectory, he misses this meeting or this thing that was supposed to happen in his parents' past that would have created him, the people disappear. So an arm of his sister or his brother's head or his brother's shirt or these people are being removed physically from the picture. So he's seeing that he's off track. It's almost like a GPS of his eventuality. Now, not to spoil anything, but, you know, you've had 38 years (laughs) to see this movie. So sorry. What Marty does is he gets that picture to be intact when he goes against his fears. He goes up and plays on stage a thing that he was never able to do. He rocks out with the music that he wants to. He does all the things that he was afraid of. He gets his father to have courage his father never had before. So he changes himself, his father, his mother, his family, his destiny by having courage and having the bravery to do the things that he didn't have the strength to do in the past. And in the end, Marty's family and his life is completely different. His father, instead of being a failure who works for a boss that's a tyrant, his father is his boss's boss. As a matter of fact, his boss, this guy Biff, is just uh, waxing his car. And his father is a novelist, which was his dad's dream. Now, Marty didn't give him a book on how to be a novelist or actually even plant the seeds of being a uh, author. Uh, maybe he did when he pretended to be a guy from outer space who zapped his father's brain with a Walkman. For the most part, what he did is he got his father to follow the dream that he hadn't in the real timeline that we start the movie with. His father's kind of a loser. And in the end, his father's a big success and achieves at a level that is awesome. And Marty gets a brand new truck at the end that he always wanted. He also doesn't do the stupid things he would have done if he hadn't had this opportunity to see that life in the moment has massive effects on the future. If you don't see the point yet, I'm not going to, I mean, come on, I'm not going to read in rainbow this. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. How high can butterflies go? You see, I don't have internet access, so just like 30 years ago, I would just have to guess. Or ask someone who would lie to me. Oh, butterflies, they go uh, 20,000 feet because uh, a buddy of mine's a pilot and he got hit by a butterfly. Here's a point. I think this way. I think that everything I do every single day has massive effects on the future me. And I also, and this sounds so noble that I often question myself whether or not it's authentic, but I have probed and it is. I know that I am affecting the destiny of the people I care about and love. If I don't make it into the film industry, I can't take friends into the film industry who have dreamed about this as much as I have, who have more talent than I do, but won't be able to make it there themselves because they don't have the courage to pursue it the way I do, to go through the lean years that I have for the last 13 to get to where I need to go to be able to help them to get there. Now, did they struggle the way I did? No. No. I want to help them get there because I have the resilience I have the courage. I am the hero of my story. That pain in your chest will never go away. And what I have always feared is having that on my last day on earth. And in the case of this, it was just this Marty McFly picture popped in my head when I was talking to this client. And I thought, too bad there isn't a device I can hand her that shows the future that she has always dreamed of. It's this picture. And that image becomes crystal 
when she does the things that seem meaningless in the moment that will have massive effects in the future. Every day for my life towards the goal of having a movie in the theater like I did a couple of months ago, every single day looked like nothing. And many days looked like failure. I'd say 90% of the days if you saw me editing or making movies, it looked like failure. But because I did it for 200 days or so, eventually it's there. And by the time it is in the theater or that dream that you had gets there, you don't feel that moment as if you were transported there. So for instance, if I was transported straight from my day job when I was working in corporate America and I was at a theater and saw my movie, that would be astounding. Just like Back to the Future, it's a two-hour experience, right? You're living vicariously through this person. And that's acute. It doesn't feel that way when it takes 10, 20 years, whatever it is. But then I see others and talk to others and I realize where I've come because I see what they are not doing to get to where I am. I want you to picture that future. I don't know what the perfect execution of a photograph that Marty McFly had looks like in real life. I think this show helped. I think this episode helped, right? I am closer to where I need to be than I ever have been. I know that when I'm energetically in the right place and I see my future much more vividly. I see the house. I see the awards. I see the things like when I had my movie come out in December, someone was eating popcorn next to me. And I'm thinking, here's a person eating popcorn while watching my movie. That's amazing. I smell those things when I'm doing the actions. And when I'm not, I don't. Now, here's the last thing I'll leave you with. It is more comfortable to not try the things that you want in life. Isn't that paradoxical? Wouldn't it be nice if we created our own universe to have your deepest desires be the easiest things to do? But how would that work? (laughs) You're born, you want a thing, you get it. You will immediately not want it because that is how humans are. Your greatest desire has to have the most obstacles. Imagine a video game or a board game or anything where the minute you play, you roll the dice and you win. That would be horrible. I say constantly that no one wants to see a movie or read a book about a person who had everything and got more. That's a villain. We want a rags to riches. We want everything taken away and then they get it in the end, what they dreamed of. We want the romance that had no chance of coming true and does. See that picture in your head. Write it out. I like words. Speaking into your phone or take videos of it. I do both of those. This is an example of it. And see if it doesn't become more clear the more time, effort, and energy you put toward it. And you can watch Back to the Future with what I've told you. You can watch Star Wars. You can watch any movie that has an emotional effect that your solar plexus feel alive and then do something small after that, even writing in a journal about your action plan that makes you feel satisfied so it does not take that mass, that pain in your chest. I dare you to go out and do it. I have done it. Thank you so much for listening. You're braver than you know. I'll see you. Back in the future? That's a, that's a really lame line. What would I say? I'll see you back to the future. <laughs> I don't know. What's that thing that, that Doc Brown says at the end? Um, I don't know. Was it Doc Brown or Mr. Pibb? Or Dr. Pepper? Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you soon.
thank you for listening to another episode of Psychotherapy with Jeff Dunlap. If you enjoyed today's experience, please recommend it to a friend. And if you did not enjoy today's podcast, please recommend us to an enemy. Listens or listens, we don't really care. We just want to get the word out. You're the best. You look great. And don't forget, psychotherapy is good and you like it.